folks. This is Abel James, and thanks so much for listening to the Fat-Burning Man Show, where we talk about real food and real results. Now, before we get to the show with Chris the Kiwi, I have a special announcement, and I'm going to bring over my friend Ben Greenfield, fellow podcaster, elite triathlete, and biohacking monster, to help tell you about it. Here goes. Hey, folks. It's me, Ben Greenfield. And this is Abel James. And you may recognize me, Ben, from the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. Or me from the Fat Burning Man Show. Today, Abel and I want to tell you the number one workout that we're doing right now to burn fat. So, Abel, uh, I'll let you take it away first. What is it that you're doing right now when it comes to exercise to get your body as lean as possible? All right, so the first thing that I do that a lot of people skip is a warm-up. I do about five minutes of shadow boxing and light stretching then i go straight into doing some pull-ups to failure doing some burpees and then i do some heavy squats and heavy deadlifts in my shed in the backyard and that's it it's easy and i love it right now did you just say a shed in the backyard that's right i I work out (laughs) in my shed or usually i work out actually in my backyard in the sun because it's just that nice in austin this time of year I was going to say the shed's about as masochistic as you can get, right? <laughs> and just see you out there doing your, your squats and deadlifts. That's where my um, punching bag is. <laughs> so so I've got this thing that I'm doing. It's called a Litvinov sprint. And I love how you geek out all the time. <laughs> I, I have no clue what Litvinov even means. <laughs> uh, anyways, though, what I do is I've got this 50-pound dumbbell. And I take it out to the hill behind my house and I do 15 dumbbell swings and then sprint 400 meters up the hill. Like I, I drop the dumbbell and while the dumbbell is kind of like still in, in midair dropping to the ground, I'm, I'm off sprinting. Man. And I do that eight times through. And man, when it comes to a fat burning workout, that is about the most potent thing that I've found yet. So, so you sprint back and forth before the dumbbell even hits the ground, right? <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. It's like it's like a roadrunner from uh, that's from, awesome. from the Looney Tunes. That's a fat burning <laughs> workout right there. Exactly. So um, I guess folks are probably wondering why Abel and I are uh, here geeking out about fat loss, and it's because um, we've got a new website. That's right. And it is basically Abel and I following each other around each other's houses with a camera, (laughs) virtually, of course, since Abel lives in Austin and I live in Washington. And we are basically showing you everything that we do from the time we get up out of bed in the morning all the way up through lunch, through our workouts, through dinner, through bedtime to live what we call a lean lifestyle. Yeah, and you'll learn things that uh, are are kind of the more advanced strategies. A lot of times on our podcast, our shows, our blogs, we'll talk about things that are kind of generalized to the public. But these are the things that we literally do ourselves every day. All of the secrets of what we're cooking, what we're eating for breakfast, or not eating for breakfast for that matter, um, what we may or may not be putting in our coffee depending on the day, uh, pretty much any supplement that we're taking, and, and tons more. All of the, I mean... Ben has all sorts of crazy gizmos that (laughs) you'll be able to see it. It's a blast to watch. And Abel's house is much cleaner than mine, as you'll also find out. (laughs) So, all right. So, Abel, what is the URL that people can go to right now if they don't just click through from the show notes to go check out our Lean Lifestyle Insider? Well, Ben, it's leanlifestyleinsider.com forward slash A. 
That's leanlifestyleinsider.com forward slash A. Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll be talking to you soon and seeing you on the inside, so to speak. Thanks, Abel. <laughs> All right, so on to the show with Chris the Kiwi. We talk about the number one rule for fat loss that enabled one of Chris's clients to lose 26 pounds of fat in 30 days, the pros and cons of supplements, and the ever-philosophical question about how to be happy. All right, let's go hang out with Chris. folks chris the kiwi ashenden is a native of new zealand and an avid traveler he's been to over 60 countries and has his bachelor's of science in sports and exercise science and years of experience as a nutritionist and strength coach he's a spokesperson for athletic greens and writes a newsletter entitled kiwi two cents on fat loss nutrition and happiness through health he's also been publicly slapped in the face by two women in the same evening welcome to the show good sir Mr. Abel, thank you so much for such an introduction, mate. I'm, I now feel like I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's start with your name. How, how did you get the name of the Kiwi? Well, mate, I'm from New Zealand, obviously, uh, which probably explains why you know you, you sound different to I, uh, to how I do. But, mate, um, New Zealand has our native bird is a small, fat, flightless, nearly blind, nocturnal bird called the Kiwi, indigenous to our country, doesn't pop up anywhere else. And so people from New Zealand are typically nicknamed Kiwis when we travel. Um, Australians are Aussies, New Zealanders are Kiwis. And I was at a seminar in the US quite a few years ago and a good buddy of mine just started calling me Kiwi and then the Kiwi and then everyone else there started calling me, oh, it's Kiwi. And it it just kind of stuck, right? And uh, I used to avoid it and say, hi, I'm Chris. And now I just, I gave up. I, I embraced it. I'm now the Kiwi or Chris the Kiwi or that idiot Kiwi or that annoying guy with the strange accent, whatever you prefer, mate. I, I answer to all of it. Embracing the Kiwi. I like that. Em- embracing the Kiwi, mate. <laughs> Surrendering to my Kiwi. That's probably the other way to put it. Yeah. And you also embrace paleo, as I understand. And a Dude, lot of my listeners will love that. Well, mate, I'd love to hear a little bit more background about exactly how you came into this fold. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very pro the paleo template. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the lessons there, the lessons and the power of that that approach when applied correctly are great. I think some people can get a little bit carried away uh, with some elements of it, but yeah, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Overall, it's not a religion. Overall, it's so much, so much more good than bad. And yeah. uh, I think if the world embraces something along those lines, we'll be a much happier place. Totally. Well, just to answer your question, I know a lot of my listeners have already heard this, but maybe some haven't. Um, but my brief background and how I got into all this was I was a always really interested in health came from a small town in New Hampshire. And my mom always, she was into naturopathic medicine. So she was, whenever we got sick, rubbing smelly bombs on us and stuff like that. And always kind of had that, um, appreciation for real food. And, uh, that led me down the path of being a vegetarian for a while, which was fine until I reached my like twenties, early twenties and everything started to fall apart. I was definitely getting some nutrient deficiencies, gut issues. And so I was putting on weight. I was all puffy and just in bad shape, got kidney stones. It was ugly. Couldn't sleep at night. Uh, And and my doctor tried to put me on all sorts of medications. And uh, in the end, I just decided to take everything under my own control and and find out how to actually fix myself because there's no reason that anyone should be falling apart at like the early 20s, right? So I fired my doctor (laughs) and researched everything to death for a few years and came out with something that looked a lot like what paleo has become today, which is combining, uh, you know, relatively high to moderate fat, 
uh, moderate protein and lower carb with real foods and sustainability and stuff like that. And so that's what it's all about. Yeah, well, mate, <clears throat> how old are you now? I'm 28. Oh, dude, so I'm glad you caught it all early and save yourself years of crappy living. I know. It could have gotten a lot gnarlier. And that's I've why got- I wanted to put this show out to in my books because everyone deserves to know this stuff. It's not difficult. Like you said, um, I was reading on your blog, like you have one rule for fat loss. <laughs> why don't you talk about that? That's I, I think it's brilliant because fat loss is not <laughs> difficult. You just kind of have to follow the right advice. Well, mate, um, obviously there's not – I'm – I'm not a believer that there's one one approach will fit everyone. I yeah. think one one approach will fit many people. Um, if someone came to me and said, "Hi, I'm a high-level athlete. I'm training five days a week for two hours a day, and I'm competing every second or third weekend," uh, I would not be giving them that exact same diet on their existing training volume. But yeah. for most for most people who come into the fold, um, they're beaten up, they're inflamed, they're fat, they're insulin resistant, um, they have massive issues with in terms of how they process the food that's come into their body. Almost all of them are deficient uh, in something um, without even knowing about it. And the trick is just get them off the sugar and then get them starting to process food uh, that delivers them uh, more of their, their micronutrient needs very cleanly without messing up their gut. And obviously, you're a fan of the paleo template as well. And I just found the easiest way to coach people into how to eat this was just to get them eating. Uh, my, my simple rule basically for fat loss, for people who first start is very much a low carb paleo template for about four to 60 weeks, depending on how long it lasts. Yeah. And it's basically just eat protein from an animal source until you're about three quarters full and then fill up on vegetables. And if you do that every time you're hungry, um, most appetite signaling resets itself. Um, most people start to get over their sugar cravings, mm-hmm. gut health starts to improve. And you're automatically getting most of the benefits of a paleo diet and the restriction on uh, you know, the crappy food that's been killing people. And at the same time, we're just by enforcing that macronutrient ratio, we're just trying to get them over the sugar hump yeah. um, and <clears throat> a bit more efficient in terms of how their bodies uh, deal with the fuel that's coming in. And pretty quickly, it, w- it works, man. And it doesn't work forever, um, but it works for, I'd say, 90% of people. I've just found it very, very easy. We just had a lady there who... In 15 months, I think she lost an average of 9.8 pounds a month. Her first month, she lost about 26 pounds of fat. I'm not really a fan of counting the scales, but when someone starts at 290 and ends up at 140, yeah. um, it's kind of hard to say it didn't work. That's and, true. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's easy, man. I, I just find it with most people, it's just a simple rule. You just sit them down and say, you order your animal protein, you eat it till you're nearly full, then you fill up on vegetables. And... If people do that, they don't have to do all their head craziness of counting, weighing. Um, some women have issues with how much protein that really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's particularly some. I mean, people do in generally, but some women really have issues with just how much protein that really works out to be. Yeah. Um, but it's easy, man. I don't know if you've ever tried just doing it that way, but it's easy. And after a little while, you just get used to more or less what those ratios look like. And then once people are into the eating pattern, I will start cycling um, both sort of if they really want to get aggressive and I'm dealing with them more personally, I will cycle um, like high calorie days, low calorie days, mm-hmm. and then carb cycling to speed things up. But typically you can do that and just ride that pony for a very, very, very long time with, um, and it's just so easy, man. It, oh, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's very similar to my fat loss protocol when people first start off, start off because a lot of them, you know, even though the ultimate goal, and I want their ultimate goal to be health, 
A lot of people yep. start out, they just want to lose fat. They want to lose weight. They want to look better, <laughs> that sort of thing. And so that's okay with me as long as that's the hook into more of a lifestyle approach, which is all about eating things that you enjoy. One of the things I like about um, doing uh, your protocol and, and the one that I start with, you, you know, especially focusing on protein, is that you do get full. Uh, yeah. you, you don't have to struggle with hunger because that's just not an effective long-term strategy when it comes to fat loss if, if you're hungry you're miserable or at least i am you know i could never bear that well mate i i 100 agree with you um we used to call it hangry the hungry angry combo <laughs> exactly. and you can literally fix that in about two or three weeks so the, mm -hmm. the protein some there's a lot of arguments over like what macronutrients are best um what ratios i actually don't care in the long term um as long as people are focusing on a food quality standpoint yeah. but if you were starting with a with a child um, and you never fed them anything other than basically paleolithic foods and gave them a clean life, I don't think it would matter where the where the ratios were coming from. I think they they do just fine. Um, they wanted to get bigger. They probably need a little bit more protein to sort of provide the building blocks for 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 muscle growth. But mm -hmm. overall, I wouldn't really worry about it too much. But you get someone who's come in and been running on 60 to 70 percent of their uh, of their calories a day from basically refined carbohydrates, yeah. and forget about it, mate. They're, they're broken. They're yeah. fat. They're broken. They're miserable. And I agree with you. You don't tell them, look, we're going to make you. Um, you, you don't necessarily sell them on, look, we're going to make you healthy. Yeah. No one really, no one really cares about health unless they're sick, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, but I absolutely agree that fat loss hook, mate, is is awesome. So it's the old. Uh, Sell them what they want, give them what they need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for better or worse, right? Yeah, once once they're in and they're healthy, it's too late. Yeah. We've got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you won't want to feel like crap anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's addictive. Feeling great is addictive. <laughs> Feeling great is absolutely addictive, mate. And uh, I I can't I can't explain to people enough. Um, having been in both camps of just waking up and feeling like like just like Superman and waking up and barely able to move for like days on end yeah uh, it, there is no comparison mate and unfortunately some people who currently get up go for a pot of java go to work come home um you know kind of have limited libido limited energy have mm -hmm. trouble sleeping take one of any of whatever freaking chemicals their doctor thinks is a good idea yeah <laughs> they, they, they think that's normal and it really annoys the crap out of me because that that's not normal that's yeah. just what currently happens a lot in western society that's not normal at all and right. for people to be put into a bell curve with other people that have been looked at in that bell curve are fat sick yeah. unhealthy miserable people whom i wouldn't want to trade uh my life with like for anything i i get very annoyed the people that should be compared to in the bell curve are um are the healthy dynamic people who who are winning the game of life um exactly. from a health and that's we can push down some doctor's throats mate we'll, we'll get we'll get some more movement on this thing we're starting to convert them they're coming along. I think they are, man. It's it's interesting. I just got an invite um, to put up a booth at the AMA. The I think it's the American Medical Association annual meeting. Very cool. And I'm thinking about it, but going, mate, the amount of reading I'd have to do just to have my brain on point for a whole <laughs> bunch of geeky doctors all weekend. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I've been hitting the head too many times for that type of stuff. But it we'll sounds see. like a fun challenge. I'm sure you can handle it. Uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I might I might be there. <laughs> so you uh, you have a great blog, by the way. Some there was a picture that I saw. One of the first things that I do is have people uh, take the demons out of their cupboards, and it looks like you do the same thing. There's a picture of a a bunch of shopping bags filled up with sugar and processed crap 
So uh, <laughs> it's so important to like think about environmental design as it uh, as it relates to what we eat. Because if you take all the Oreos out of your cupboard, then all of a sudden you stop eating Oreos. Then you stop thinking about them altogether. Can you talk a little bit about why it's so important to get that crap out of your out of your face? <laughs> Um, well, mate, it's the, the overlying, the fundamental, the easiest trick to double anyone's um, compliance in any fat loss protocol or any lifestyle protocol is if it's not there, you can't eat it. It's yeah. like, it's not even a trick. It's just such freaking common sense that uh, um, like, look, you have a cocaine addict, you don't put like 50 bags of cocaine in front of him yeah. and just say, hey, mate, don't touch. It doesn't work. Yeah. And um, I think if more people started by just cleaning out their house, um, I think they'd be way better off. So what we typically do is when I, when I deal with coaching clients, um, the first step we do is we don't have to do the house first, depending how close they live to a supermarket. We'll normally go to the supermarket first because then everyone feels good about buying something. They get a bit of retail therapy. Mm-hmm. They don't always like the bill if they're buying their grass-fed meat at Whole Foods, but we talk right. about cheap, cheaper ways of getting that, um, that later on. And we just load them up. And they go home with bags and bags and bags of good food. And then uh, real food. Then we just go through the house and I literally will take those same shopping bags and just fill them up with all the crap they have in there. And there's mm-hmm. a fair amount of screaming that frequently goes on. Oh, yeah. But they but they get it pretty quickly. And the, the simple reason is you have food in the fridge that's good for you, food in the pantry that's good for you, um, and nothing that you can reach for when you get that little impulse binge. Mm-hmm. You have to get in your car and drive or get get out of the house and walk or – and that little extra step before you can um, you can satisfy that that craving or that or that sort of binge desire mm-hmm. can often be just enough to stop people from actually doing it. So yeah, just like you said, man, the Oreos aren't there. People may or may not actually have the motivation to just walk out of their house, go to a supermarket and buy the Oreos and then stuff them down their face. If, if they're not there, they can't do it. And I take that same same principle and apply it very aggressively for eating out and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest trick in the world, if you want to stay clean. Very people complain a lot about eating out, and it's hard to do it. It's absolute rubbish. Um, it's it's just total crap, mate. The it really is. You just basically sit down when that waiter comes along, and I don't care what ethnicity restaurant you're, you're eating at. If it's most Western restaurants, they're going to put down some bread or some breadsticks. You just say thank you very much. Please take those away. We're yeah. allergic, and and they're gone. If it's a Thai place, it might be. Um, you know, rice crackers or something similar, you know, they're gone. Italian places are pretty hard because it's typically really yummy bread with, um, you know, some yummy olive oil sitting in front of you. Yeah. And if you have friends, you just say, take it away, it's gone. And it, just that just that alone, mate, it, it means you can't eat it. It's pretty right. hard. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I do is literally push it away from my face. Because <laughs> sometimes, especially if you're going out with a bunch of people, and, and I try not to, you know, go on all-out diatribes about, how other people should eat. It's just not appropriate. They need to come to that conclusion themselves. So oftentimes I'll go out and there will be bread or, or tortilla chips, which are definitely my kryptonite. Um, <laughs> and so they're sitting there at the table and I just, I literally push it a few inches more away from me. And I, I look at other things and that seems to help a lot. But it's interesting because what you said about um, getting food out of your house and making it slightly more inconvenient, like even a little car ride away or walk away. The opposite applies for people who only exercise at the gym. Like if, if they only exercise at the gym, sometimes the act of hopping in the car or even putting your shoes on to go work out prevents them from actually doing it. And I know you're a fan of like working out, not at gyms necessarily just playing. So why why don't we talk about that a little? 
about working out. I think I think the key to the whole workout question, mate, is um, probably getting away, getting away from the idea of working out per se. Yeah. And for those who want to, um, calling it training. And then for those who just want to move, just calling it movement and and separating those two paths. So I used to annoy me when people say I'm going to go work out, and there was not wasn't much work in the whatever it was they were doing when they yeah. got to the gym. It's you turn up there, to, you turn up there to train, and you're going to have fun, but you, you train. In terms of wh- where you do it, I mean, what difference does it make? I think for some folks, uh, that mental separation of having to put their shoes on, get changed, go to the car is enough to turn them off. For other folks, um, the social element, the fact that they have a destination, when they get there, they turn up and they, they train and they go after it. So I think personality uh, sort of variation there is huge. That's and true. For those, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a very successful protocol where they just had to, people just had to turn up and log one minute in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget the background to it, mate. I do apologize, but... They had a staggering amount of com- um, compliance success because people would come for one minute and if they wanted to, they could leave. But yeah. They had to turn up and log this one minute. And most people stayed an average of five to 17 minutes the first two or three weeks. And I think by the time they got to about four weeks in, these people were averaging about 25 to 40 minutes. Really? And th- just that fact that they had to turn up. I can't remember what the scoring was, but if they didn't do that, they uh, they had some penalty. But, wow. But, but in terms of working out, mate, I'm a pretty big fan of... Um, just movement in general for most folks is just get out and uh, yeah. walk around. It's like the easiest uh, initial hurdle. I think resistance exercise is is key if you want fast results, but you can do a lot of that at home. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not it's not that hard. It's just a little bit of education. I love that one minute thing. Uh, I do that myself. Like I find that uh, some days I just I want to kill it. Right. Like, I'm doing yeah. Krav Maga, so I go to class, which is generally yeah. around 45 minutes to 60 minutes long and oftentimes when I go I'll go for the second class too so I got in the habit of doing that and then you're working out real pretty hard for like two hours and getting the crap beat out of you and uh, so what that did to me mentally is I started to associate going to that class with uh, a heck of a lot of work thinking that I have to go for two hours and so that would prevent me from actually going so what I've been doing lately is just going for the quick 45-minute bag class just to get myself in the habit again uh, of like enjoying it. And you just need to play those little tricks on yourself to, to keep it rolling. James Clear was on my show a few weeks ago, and he talked about uh, one thing that he does is going for a workout, like a, a heavy lifting workout, and just doing literally one exercise. And he said it's been really effective because it's, he's so compliant. It's easy to get in there. Well, mate, I think uh, I mean, typically when I was training pretty hard and playing, still playing competitive sport, uh, in the off-season, I typically had to turn up to train. And if I found that I was just feeling miserable, uh, it, would, it would be sort of I only have to turn up, then I only have to finish my warm-up, mm-hmm. then I only have to finish my warm-up sets, then I don't have to finish my first exercise. And if at any of those points I finished that particular phase and I still felt be- beat up, I'd, I'd walk away from the gym. And that was mm-hmm. the difference between me at – at 28 as an athlete and me at 20 as an athlete at 20 i'd just keep going um and you pay for it and learning to walk away i think in fact is something that people who do exercise a fair bit or who are recovery challenged for lifestyle reasons uh, need to learn a lot more but mate this the amount of stimulus you need to get a positive result let alone maintain is extremely low Mm -hmm. and 
Uh, I would rather, I would love everyone to be lifting something heavy, um, you know, two days a week, even if it's their body, um, and just looking for bodyweight exercises at the moment that are probably enough to challenge. Yeah. And that just a couple of sets literally is is enough to get a pretty amazing amount of stimulus. And yeah. but in terms of what people do, uh, I'm not a fan of people who want to go sit on a piece of exercise equipment for 30, 40 minutes. I think that's stupid. Um, <laughs> if you're going to turn up to a place that has exercise equipment, there are better things you can do. I'm not a fan of city state cardio beyond yeah. walking or surfing or slow biking or something that has a huge fun element mm-hmm. uh, and very limited sort of cortisol production like just why add to the stress to the stress load of most folks but just turning up and doing a a bare minimum and i have constant arguments over when is a minimum effective dose actually the right approach and some people get a little bit crazy about this and um try to try to do as absolute little as possible in everything Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think that's actually the the ideal way but Mate, if if you're if you haven't been exercising and you turn up to a, a Zumba class and Zumba classes make you happy and you do that two or three days a week and you go for a walk the rest of the time and you try to do a, a few assisted pistols and assisted press ups and a, a few other bodyweight exercises, then you're going to do just fine if your if your diet's cleaned up at least for yeah. the first three to six months. I, I I wouldn't have an issue. They don't need to turn up and um, start smashing anything out of the gym. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no power cleans for moms out there. No, no power cleans, man. No 40, 40 repetition box jumps. I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, my mom actually teaches Zumba class, and she absolutely loves it. And a lot right. of her friends do too. And it's just that's a hook in and of itself, making movement fun again, because so many people are just used to this steady state misery. Well, they are, and I think for a lot of people, maybe they weren't that confident in PE class because maybe back in high school, maybe back in high school they started and they were eating crap food and they had already messed themselves up enough that they were chubby and just weren't athletic. And that a lot of people, this is not the case, but maybe it's just been a life a lifetime of not enjoying that movement process, which is a shame. Yeah, and maybe it just continues. They go to unit, they go to university, they start college. Beer enters the scene in copious quantities. They they stop moving at all. They just get fat, and it just keeps kind of going. And right. it's it's this challenge. And whereas if you get someone like yourself, you obviously enjoy the Krav Maga, um, perhaps a competitive element, perhaps just a learning element. Like, like go for it. I think that up to a certain point, you'll get outstanding results. And then beyond that, it's just find a good coach, and you can take you to that next level. It's yeah. not not it's not as hard as people think it is. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It just it's a matter of doing it and, and getting out there. Well, I'm a huge, huge believer in no matter what category of success we're talking about, and I put success in quotation marks, that 80% of that success is just turning up. Yeah. You want to have a successful podcast, and you have the ultimate voice in all time, by the way, to be a radio host. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) If if your listeners haven't figured it out yet, um, I think they probably have. Then, mate, just turn up and start. And if you want to be a, a good... Uh, you know, a good athlete, then turn up and start training. Just go to the track or whatever it is that you like. And it's the same with, same with eating. Just, just start eating cleanly. And if people come off the rails, this doesn't mean that you have to. You've, you've failed and you're, it's never going to work. It just get back on it, it, that. That whole approach to, oh, it's just too hard, um, or I did it and then I came off and now I'm back to being fat. And it's like, well, that's okay, mate. Just, just get back on. I mean, there's a part of yeah. me that feels like saying. You know, of course you got fat again. You're doing all this stupid shit that you did for 20 years prior to, to get fat in the first place. But I've toned that down a bit in my old age, man. I'm a I'm nicer person. I'm a nicer coach than I used to be. That's awesome. Because it is just a matter of making the process positive, 
for, for so many people out there. Some people love the misery and the being hard on themselves at the beginning of the process, but that's definitely not the, the approach that I take. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think just getting started. Getting yeah. started, what makes you happy? Let's get started. Let's get moving. If you can tie in a social element, I think it's pretty good. If you can tie in a soft competitive element at, at punctuated intervals, I think mm-hmm. it can be good even for people who traditionally just don't feel uh, like they're competitive at all. We, right. we all are to some extent. We just can't help it. I think it's in our genes. Mm-hmm. And that might not be putting something up on the wall uh, unless they want to. It might just be something that they compete against for themselves. And uh, I, I train, I've trained in the past a, a lot of women and typically we have a little swings competition, just them racing the clock. Cool, and it's pretty amazing how quickly most girls can just uh, get to a position of leg strength and and hip strength that they and also lung lung capacity that they're really really surprised. And yeah. then I normally sneak in um, when they start to feel pretty good about themselves. I normally sneak in. Oh, you see that girl over there who used to be thirty eight percent body fat and now is like she's at twenty five and she'll probably be at eighteen shortly. Wow. Yeah, she just did that same exercise like 10 seconds faster than you. And I, I, I don't want to push you, but I think you can do it, mate. There is not a person on the planet who the next time that they do that set of swings will not, will not crush that 10-second that goal. No yeah. problems at all. Absolutely. And uh, you had another article on your blog about how you were burning on both ends and that became an issue. You basically lost your abs and got belly fat even though your nutrition was clean, you were still moving. <coughs> so what happened there? Well, mate, I mean, I think a lot of people come into this and they're either trainers and then they think that training's the be-all end-all. Then they start to get older and they, they come out of that hormonal prime of sort of early 20s and they realize actually um, you can't always out-train a poor diet and yeah. trainers then start getting into nutrition. There's other nutritionists who don't actually understand much about training. This is very common um, and they think it's the be-all end-all. It's just the nutrition side of things. Um, they're like, you should exercise but have no idea what that means. And I think what's happened now and I think a huge amount of credit has to go to the likes of Rob Wolf and others for publicizing this, is mm-hmm. understa- understanding, just like I'm sure you do with your clients, look, I can teach you how to eat correctly and you're going to lose a bunch of fat. I can teach you how to move in a manner that makes you happy and, and drive some positive hormonal sort of stimulus and you're going to get results. But if you're sitting there and you're burning the candle until 1 or 2 a.m. every night in a highly stressful job, have a crappy relationship at home, um, are getting up early, sleeping pitifully, taking medication, going to a very stressful job that makes you miserable, not getting any outdoors time at all, and are living a life so far from congruence with your genetic makeup that you're freaking broken from a hormonal standpoint, irregardless of how cleanly you're eating and how cleanly um, you think you're moving, um, you need to fix that part. And for a lot of people, a, a very large number of people, that, in fact, is um, the last bit that they need to fix it. Suddenly, it all comes together. And I think for a lot of people, it's also the bit that breaks. Yeah. Uh, and they can't understand what's going on. And for many, they, people who say might love exercise um, might start training more, training harder. Um, injuries start to creep in. They start getting the, the famous cortisol band, which is the fat band around the middle, which is actually more it's like a like a pasta band. If you eat a lot of pasta, it's going to pop up in the same place. And yeah, yeah man, it, yeah, it's it's funny. In that particular instance, uh, the guy I was speaking to is a pretty famous trainer. Um, he likes his name out of everything, and he was laughing at me because the time before he'd seen me, I was I, mean, I I consider people lean 
when you can see your abs visibly when you are sitting down. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's a pretty easy measure and it applies to both girls and boys. And he was laughing at me and looking at my little love roll that had popped up. And mm-hmm. you could sort of, still, still sort of see the top couple of abs. Um, and I'm not really overly anal in, in how I present, mate. It's, it's not really what drives me. But sure. typically, it's a good representation for a guy. You're going to see your abs at anywhere between 10 and 14% body fat. And that's actually a very easy level of of body fat to maintain. Yeah. And and he was just laughing at me. Um, and I pointed over to the girl I was dating at the time who was just ripped. And <laughs> and uh, we'd just finished a month and a half, two months training up at Cressy Performance in, in Hudson. Um, Eric Cressy is an, is an awesome guy. And she was just in phenomenal shape. And he was looking at me going, what's going on? And I just pointed to her and I go, we're eating the same food, living the same life. Um, and training, she's actually training like one or two days more than me because I was starting to tone it back for those exact same reasons. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not sleeping, man. I'm, I'm burning it and I'm, and I'm stressed, the, stressed the heck out. And he just looked at me and said, uh, cortisol. And he, he got it, man. Yeah. And he, he's a pretty serious coach and he, he deals with that all the time uh, with some of his more elite athletes when they come off in season and they're, they're banged up. And yeah. And their their sports coach might want them to immediately start into crazy aggressive off season training, and uh, you know he gets better results toning things back and letting those guys chill out for a bit. Yeah. So what did you do after that? Well, mate. Um, so there's when I'm sleeping well, uh, I find it incredibly easy to just rip my body into phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take any people can sometimes be pretty amazed because it does not take much time at all. I, I obviously know what I'm doing from a nutrition and and training standpoint. Um, but sleeping well would be my nemesis. I have a lot of issues turning my brain off at nighttime. Um, if I wake up to go pee or whatever, anything uh, that might wake me up, and I tend to sleep pretty lightly, I have a lot of issues falling back to sleep because I have trouble turning my brain off. And that's just something I've dealt with my whole life. Yeah, me and, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's hard, man. If you have something that's really driving you that you're passionate about in your life and it's, it's sort of very exciting, it can be very hard to shut that off. And meditation, zoning out, some hypnosis, um, having a handy lover that doesn't mind being woken up, anything that can kind of take your brain away from what it is that's been uh, been keeping there can help, but they don't always work. And yeah. um, I find that what I, when that happens, I've learned my lesson. I back right off any hardcore training goals, and I, I call it training for happiness. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, 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 the, and the focus changes. And I've thought about potentially writing out an article on how I would train that way, and it's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you turn up to the gym, you train for a neural stimulus, and an anabolic stimulus, which means typically a very small number of sets of explosive repetitions of full body compound exercises and um, and then walking away. So you, you might do those at a relatively lightweight, extremely explosively, or a very small number of sets at 80 to 90% of, of your maximum, just very explosively again, just for one to at most six sets and then walk away. And it can be very hard because... Yeah. Uh, you feel good. Like you will literally just suddenly wake up, you'll feel pretty awesome. And um, most people are used to leaving the gym completely trashed. And I try to say, look, just because you don't feel like someone can wipe the floor with you right now, doesn't mean you haven't had a positive stimulus from that particular workout session. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll walk out. And with women, mate, this is much harder because women don't feel like they've trained unless they have difficulty um, breathing at, at any given point. They really don't. They're, they're quite a different makeup to some of the guys I know. But, but, mate, but, hey, but if you can, yeah, man. But if you can walk out of the, you can walk out of the gym or walk away from, um, you know, your little exercise session, um, well under that anywhere near uh, fatigue, 
mm-hmm. and your nervous system up and ticking and then just go for a walk in the sun and just do that two days a week, walk as often as you can, try to tie in some outdoor fun. Uh, that might be surfing, hiking, you know, a low-level cycle with your mates if you live in the hills. Just get outdoor with your family on the weekend, uh, throw a frisbee for your dog and maybe chase them a little bit. And, mate, it's, it's dramatic. It yeah. can be very dramatic. What it is. And you smile more when you do it that way. You do smile more and you tend to get lean quickly. It doesn't feel like it the first week or two and then suddenly things start to come together. But for people who are obsessed about body image or just love exercise, toning them down to that level can be really, really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I've been having my own struggles. It's South by Southwest right now in, in Austin. So like we said before this this show, it's been an absolute madhouse here. And, uh, you know, I've been entertaining guests at my house, and some of them were up until 5.30 and kept me <laughs> up till 5.30. And it's amazing. It took me like two days to recover from that and just get back onto my, my schedule. I'm still kind of, you know, sleeping in more than I'd like to. But that affects your training, too. Like, normally I try to get at least one session in a week of, just heavy weight you know that's one of my goals just be able to lift heavy and so I try to do that with deadlifts and other compound exercises at a heavy weight and uh, I just I got in there in in my shed in the backyard and I just wasn't feeling it you know when when you get in there and you want to crush it you kind of have that moment right before you have that explosive lifting of the weight where you're like yes I'm going to crush it this was just like Nope, definitely not happening. <laughs> I just when that happens to you, you can't. You like can't even if you can normally do it seventeen times. Say like this deadlift at a certain weight, you can't do it five if you have that that mental thing going on. So I stepped away, and then I just focused on doing really light weights, made it super fun, and walked away after like twenty minutes, and I I felt great. And actually, it's weird. I'm like super sore today. I think I got a really good workout in. Well, mate, well, I would have said to you had I been sitting next to you and and if you had been inclined to listen, because obviously I'd say we're probably going to end up mates and your mates never listen to you. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> like, I would have said, hey, mate, just give me two beautiful reps. Like, I don't, I know you can do, normally do eight, 10, 15, whatever. I want two perfect reps. Yeah. And after the second one, when you're trying to go, that was freaking awesome. I'd say, okay, we're done. Um, and uh, let's go do something completely different because mm-hmm. I think also – when it comes to strength training in this partic- your particular example, obviously turning up, doing something you're normally used to be able to do at a certain volume or a certain uh, weight, it can be quite depressing. And yeah. um, I think you're better off to have a small win and, and a different exercise, um, feel okay about yourself, and then and then that, that mental asset move on. But you're right, man. Um, I personally think that punctuated periods of partying or just doing something crazy social um, – are actually extremely good for us and yeah. uh, I, I really do but doing it repeatedly you can see how quickly it impacted your performance in the gym <laughs> oh man it's nuts I forgot how, how bad it can be <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you, you understand exactly what happened to me over that last weekend mate so yeah. I can relate trust yeah. me <laughs> absolutely now I, I did want to we're coming up on time but I did want to talk to you about this before we go uh, let's get a little philosophical Chris let's, let's talk about how you can be happy all right <laughs> You're an well, expert on this. Well, mate, I'm an expert on it because I uh, I got to a point in my life where a lot of things were working for me, uh, but a lot of things weren't. And I sat down with my sisters. My sisters live in England, um, and I went over there to see them. And they sat. They both sat me down and said, "Look, no one else is ever going to know this about you, but uh, you're completely different, and we think you're depressed, and we want you to go see someone." And I was like, "Forget it. Like, like I'm not yeah. 
And then well, what they said hit home. And I was like, wow, these are people who know me and love me the most. And they're saying, your personality is different. And I stopped and took a long uh, look in the mirror. I actually went and saw a doctor who promptly said, what do you want? Um, and I was like, I think I'll pass, thanks, um, yeah. in the drug department. And it just made me look at it. I realized, you know what? I, look at the difference in my patterns of behavior that are, are basically telling me I'm freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. And I just went out looking at all the things that made me, what constituted happiness and all the things that made me happy. And I think differentiating between there's a happiness for five or 10 or 15 minutes, which is typically, um, you know, like some instant, some sort of instant gratification. Um, I don't think either of us are kind of talking about that kind of happiness or, yeah. or the happiness of one night of partying where you kind of feel that's kind of awesome. Um, but then maybe you, you did something that was destructive in, in that evening and you kind of don't feel particularly good for two or three days afterwards for, yeah. for, for whatever reason. Now we're talking about that fundamental, fundamental, like I wake up, I feel awesome. And, and my life is great. And I love what I'm, I, I love how I'm investing my time or spending my time. And, mm-hmm. I think there are huge parts of that, and I think the closer that people can get uh, their behavior to what our genetic, to what our genome basically has been designed to expect, and that is um, time with nature, chill out time, uh, a lot of community, time with family, um, movement, just not putting your body into sort of crap into your mouth, all those things can add up. Um, and if you can start dotting, the more of those dots that you can tick um, or the boxes you can tick, I think the quicker you'll start to feel pretty cool. And having been unhealthy and healthy, I typically say it starts with phenomenal health. Yeah. But, but there's so much more to happiness than, than just health. And you're obviously doing something you're very passionate about, Abel, and you love helping people and you love living this life. Um, and that is something that's probably driving you towards a lot of personal satisfaction and happiness. And totally. And but I, I would argue that you might be doing that, say, in a career that has nothing to do with health and fitness, um, but completely miserably unhealthy, never moving. And I'd, I'd look at that and I'd say, look, we need to add in those other bits that you're just completely missing out on what mm-hmm. fundamentally drives the human experience. Or maybe, maybe you're terminally ill, and the health question is that let's just try to make you as comfortable and happy as we can in your health. But what are the other elements that really make you truly happy? And I almost guarantee you there will be a sense of personal growth, a sense of contribution, a sense of giving something back, a sense of being part of a community, a sense of being part of something that's bigger than them, building on those community elements. And you can there's some happy people who are very unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but for most of us, I think, if you can cover off, get your body as close as you can to what we're genetically designed to be in terms of... Uh, genetic expression and that comes from both how we're eating how we're living that outdoor element the vitamin d um just socializing man we're very highly evolved monkeys and hanging out (laughs) hang out with other people i had an interesting chat with tim uh timothy ferris at one point about some of the goals he had for the the year going forward and one of his comments was a minimum of one time a week have a dinner that involves six or more people um and hearty conversation so Mm -hmm. That was like a goal because he just realized, and it's very, very true, that that social element um, of a sort of an environment like that really, really pushed the happy buttons. And I'm, I'm the same with doing that. I, I'm the same with hanging with my family. I'm the same with um, trying to get outdoors into nature, trying to get sun on my skin. There are a few things that can make me happier, mate, than getting outdoors um, ideally with a group of people and moving yeah. under the, under the sky and those, but getting them all together is hard, but yeah. trying to get them all together 
is fun and I, I recommend everyone goes after it. Yeah, that's true. And that's so right about the, the social aspect. And this is one that I need to remind, my, remind myself of, even though I am an extrovert, like sometimes I need to be dragged out because I, I'm so excited about what I'm working on. But if you look at the happiest memories in your life, it's never the days that you worked the hardest on whatever crap you were doing that day, <laughs> or it's not about your best workouts. It's about those amazing moments that you have with your friends and family. And so like making that a priority, you're right, is so important. Now, before we go, um, obviously you're, uh, you're a guy who prioritizes health and eating well first and movement, but also supplements um, play a role in, in what you do. Uh, you're a spokesperson for Athletic Greens, which I take myself. I know um, Tim Ferriss, who was on the show a few weeks back, also does. Isabel, who was also on the show, is <laughs> a fan. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of using whole food supplements, so yours is is really interesting. Can you talk about um, the role that supplements could or should not play in someone's uh, healthy lifestyle? Well, mate, uh, sure. And I, I'm very, very quick to say, um, look, I, I work with and for a supplement company. We don't even call ourselves a supplement company, really. But I, I work in that industry. Um, I think most of the information in the industry is complete rubbish. And I'm very quick to say, look, food is first. Food is food and your quality of life uh, away from anything that comes in a package that includes a supplement are just so much more important. And if you lived a, if you lived a life where uh, you weren't exposed to environmental toxins, you were living very much in congruence with your genome, you, you know, with your with your genetic makeup, you were outdoors, you were happy. I mean, the, the odds that you would actually need some type of dietary supplement or to top up the gaps or or anything else, is so uh, you don't you don't actually need one. In fact, even for most people living in a in an urban environment now. Do I really think that they have to get this into them? The answer is absolutely no. Yeah. But is it a good idea um, to give your body uh, a best crack at the title, so to speak? And mm -hmm. by title, I mean being really healthy. And I think that, look, we don't always eat the way we're supposed to do. You and I, look, we do this for a living. You and I don't sleep as much as we should. True. <laughs> we probably spend too much time looking at a laptop instead of outdoors talking to other people. That's right. Um, we're exposed every day to, to stuff that we, our bodies aren't really designed to be exposed to, and that might be artificial light, it might be pollutants in your water, it might be the occasional bad thing that you eat on your cheat day, um, or whenever. Uh, who knows? But I got the shock of my life walking into a clinic, getting tested, and finding that I was clinically deficient in a couple of pretty vital nutrients. Really? Um, that, I mean, that's how the whole beast came about, man. Yeah. It's probably, probably a story for another time, but <laughs> I think it is a very good idea to give your body some insurance against uh, nutrient uh, deficiencies, which I think are far more rampant than people realize. And you have to be aware that if you're being compared under that bell curve again to all the fatties who are sick and their levels of nutrition based on the diet that they're eating and the bell curve of what they think is normal, crap, like total crap. Just ignore it completely. Um, science would sort of dictate quite a different approach, but that's obviously ignored by the FDA and USDA and everyone else within DA and in the, in the name. And... Um, mate, I'm just very, very pro on look, get your get everything right and then take it to the next level. And one of the tricks to doing that, and especially for people who find that they can't quite get it right, um, even though they're, they're doing everything else right, they're kind of like, well, how come I haven't had this miracle response? How come my body hasn't changed as much as my neighbors who's eating the same way as I am? And it could just be that they're a little bit deficient in a few things. It could be that they're having issues absorbing nutrients from long-term gut health damage, which is very common. It could be that um, they're sort of in a toxic overload and their body is just struggling to detox. And um, giving a little boost in, in each of those regards can just, just a little boost 
um, can make a dramatic change in helping people feel awesome. So I'm a big believer, mate, in uh, cover off your nutritional bases every day. Give your body um, the best crack at the title, so to speak. I do that with um, with Athletic Greens, obviously. It's, it's like an idea behind a multivitamin, but it's a bit more on steroids and it's 100% food source. So it's like getting concentrated ton of really good food in a little place. Mm-hmm. And I also, I'm also pretty pro-official for the DHA and EPA. And for people who don't get enough sun, I really recommend the sun. Like I could not beg you to get outdoors more pretty much no matter where you live. But for yeah. those who just cannot or will not do it for lifestyle or location reasons, take some vitamin D. And that's it. That, yeah. like, that, that literally is it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, before we go, why don't we talk about what you're working on now, Chris, and where folks can find you? Uh, well, mate, I, I, t- I tentatively blog, not always, mainly um, because we started off, obviously, um, our, our, the customers in our company asked for information. I started writing newsletters by email. Then every, okay, I still write those by email, um, and then occasionally I blog them. People can see whatever I've been blogging about when I actually get on there and I'm a bit lazy in that regard I apologize at Chris <laughs> at ChrisTheKiwi.com um, and if they want to see more about Athletic Greens just Google Athletic Greens um, it, it'll come up pretty quickly and we're, we're lucky enough that we have the pretty vocal support of um, some pretty major players in the health and fitness industry and uh, we're not shy in, in stating that we don't really want to be a big company, but we are delighted to be the best. And I hope someone gives us a try and then holds us to that standard. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Chris. This is this is great. And I think we're going to be mates, like you said. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, mate, definitely now that I know you're in Austin, mate, you're in trouble. Do you think those friends of yours are keeping you late at night? You have, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. You're welcome anytime, Chris. Thank you so much, Abel. I really appreciate the invite, mate. And it's been great chatting to you. And I, I hope even in my befuddled state, um, I had food poisoning all weekend, guys. So I've, I've been a wreck. Um, <laughs> And I hope even this befuddled state, if if your listeners get some value, I'll, I'll be delighted. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, man. If you'd like to hear more from Chris, head on over to ChrisTheKiwi.com. And a quick reminder, if you'd like fat-burning, muscle-building, biohacking secrets from me and Ben Greenfield, we have hours and hours of videos in what's called the Lean Lifestyle Insider. And you can check it out right now at leanlifestyleinsider.com forward slash A. Once again, that's leanlifestyleinsider.com forward slash A. We got Paleo FX coming right up, so I hope to see a lot of you guys there. But stay tuned. We have a bunch of great guests coming up on the show. I'll be talking to you guys next week. In the meantime, be well. Cheers. Cheers.